Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. This episode contains spoilers from The Throne of Glass series and Crescent City by Sarah J. Mass, with references to Mulan, Aladdin, and Hidalgo. Hello! Hi! How are you? Good, how are you? I am great. It is extremely humid here today. I went out this morning to walk my dog and I was like, like I was like I can't breathe it's so humid I'm not used to the humidity I'm used to Arizona dry heat even um so it's a it's a new thing for me but I'm still not mad about it so uh it's so green there I'm envious I it's so green (laughs) I don't love that for you it's we have excessive heat warnings already uh it's been a very mild summer thus far since we're like mid-June and this is the first we've had of it, but it was, it's really hot. Um, I went to Seattle last weekend. It was like 54 and raining. And I was like, this Ugh. is, this is the weather that I want. This is nice. Love that. Yeah. Love that for you. When we got back at like 9 PM, I was like, okay. I don't miss that. I have some coworkers that are coming out next week. <laughs> my, my coworker was like, I'm going to be so happy to be out of Phoenix next week. And I was like, oh yeah. He's like, it's 117 next week. And I was like, I, do not miss that. I do not miss that at all. I will take humidity. I do not care. I will take humidity over that any freaking day. Like that is, oh, that just, it makes me want to cry. Yeah. It's a lot. It's really, really warm. I'm not looking forward to it, but I have a at least pool. You have a pool. So. Yeah. I was just gonna say. <laughs> cool. So I've been laying by the pool and like hanging out, but it was so nice to be in Seattle last weekend. It was beautiful and ugh, it was so fun. What did you guys do? I, we saw a couple of things. If you follow yeah, yeah. Tatiana, um, <laughs> she posted some amazing stories and, and pictures and stuff, but what did you do? We went to Pike's place, the marketplace. I went to the first Starbucks. I waited one hour and I will say I was kind of proud. I, my typical Starbucks order is a matcha latte with two pumps chai. Thank you. Shout out to Hallie from the common room shop, but I ordered that and they were like, Oh, chai. That's interesting. And I was like, wow, the girls at the first Starbucks have never tried the drink that I like. That's interesting. So that felt nice. Um, I like, I feel so seen. Yeah. (laughs) I feel so hair flip. I I feel so trendy. Um, yeah, so that was really fun. And then I collect coffee mugs as we all know this. So I got two coffee mugs while I was there. We went to the space needle. I got one and then I got one from, uh, the first Starbucks or whatever. And then we went, there's lots of bookstores in there. It's like two or three. So we went to a few bookstores in there. And then we just sort of walked around. We stayed in like the industrial area right across from Google and it's Lake Union or whatever. So we walked around the lake and did a couple of those sorts of things and like found some local bars and it was really fun. Just like had a nice weekend away. That sounds so fun. Did your mom have fun? Yeah, she had a really good time. She liked the weather. We spent a lot of time. We stayed at like a brand new, this is irrelevant. I guess I don't need to say this, but we stayed at like a nice new hotel and it was like, like I said, in the industrial area. So it wasn't really close to everything. So we'd like walk really far. So we spent a lot of the time in the hotel. (laughs) I did because love your picture, your story. You're like, it's like, they knew I was coming to like book light. On yeah. The, on it the was bed. so cool. <laughs> so that it was like a brand new place and it was so cheap. And we were like, this might be a little shady, like motel style. And it was beautiful. There's like yoga mats and foam rollers and they have like a big exercise ball in there. And then they have a thing on the wall for like the, um, resistance bands and stuff. They didn't have it because of COVID, but inside your hotel room. And then they, you can take like Zumba classes and yoga classes, like on the TV, like built into the TV. 
and then there's a workstation. So it's all set up for people. I think it was in the like industrial business area. So I think it's set up for people like that, but all the beds had little book lights. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That is really so traveling cool. in style. So note to self, whenever I build a house, I have a book light built into my, my yeah, headboard, your headboard. my wall. Really nice. So I finished two books this weekend. So that was good. Oh, nice. Yeah. I've been this uh, through May. I didn't read any, I read like three books. Yeah. Four, maybe. I don't remember three or four. I did not read very many books. I did not get through my TBR. I'm chucking through my freaking TBR now. And it's great granted we have a lot of books that we're going through this month Tatiana and I so uh we've got got a lot of things that we're reading this month but um I I feel very accomplished um having read some books yeah actually reading books uh, rather than not (laughs) yeah (laughs) I feel like since we've done the bookish buying and book buying ban granted I did have a couple of things come in that were like subscriptions and stuff but since we've done the book buying ban I've spent like less time browsing Instagram and like scrolling through. And I've actually read, I've read like six books already this month, which feels like a lot. Same. Like I've read like five and I'm like, I feel so accomplished. Like I feel so nice. like, this is great. And again, same. we're both on a book buying ban granted. Okay. I will say I did buy three books because I needed the last three in the throne of glass series. So I bought them, but that's, those are the only books that I bought this month, but I've been really good. Really, really, really good. Um, as long as we're not, I think we went a little heavy on the bookish merch for a minute there. We just a little, <laughs> I've been mildly okay with that. I did because I, I'd already pre-planned this pre-budgeted it. Blissfully bookish did a restock of their Crescent city and the book of, and their house of, sorry, in their house of wind book club dad hat. So I knew I had to get that. So I yeah. did buy that. That is the one bookish thing. I've, and I bought a no mourners, no funeral shirt. So it was like, had to. And I, was like, I know we had this conversation. You're like, what should I buy? All the things. And I was like, all of these, all of these. I was her, like, love her stuff. I have to set a limit, but she did a restock and I think they're not going to restock it again. So I was like, okay, I have to buy it this time. Because every time yeah, I miss the it. The dad hats. I absolutely so love cute. the dad hats. Got a lot of books on my TBR this month. And then uh, been really good about not buying any bookish stuff other than like the subscriptions that I have. And then like, books that I had to buy because I'm like, I have to read these for episodes. So, um, but that's been it. Everything else I've been like, okay, we're actually reading. I've read a second book of the month book. Like what is, what is wow. wrong with me? I know I've had, <laughs> if anyone knows, uh, or has listened to our previous episodes, I have probably like 15 book of the month books and I've only read two now, but I've read both of them within the last month. So I'm on a roll. You guys, I'm on a roll. Look really out nice. world. Kirsten is, Kirsten is here. <laughs> Going to finally get through all of those. Yeah. I got my book of the month books in, and I did read one of the ones that came. So I was really excited about that. And it's so satisfying to like check them off in the app, but I read one that wasn't on our episode list. I just finished King of Scars and that felt really satisfying to kind of get through that. <laughs> and the Grisha virus and the rest of them. Yeah. I've been, I've tried to rent a lot of things from the library. So I like Are you panic. on your way to, to getting the book of the month socks? yeah I'm very close (laughs) same (laughs) well I I have only read two but I'm like one of them is almost checked off is it I have uh Ariadne half sick of shadows and one last stop are the only ones that I haven't read of my book of the months because I had Addie LaRue ninth house (laughs) red white and royal blue and lost apothecary so I've read I've read four 
No, I've only read two. Seven. So you've only had it for a couple months and you're like, yeah. I've read almost all of them. And I'm like, I've had it for over a year. And I'm like, I'm, <laughs> but like, I'm so cheap. I'm like, I'm not buying the book if I'm not going to read it. So I like read it straight away because I'm, I'm so cheap about that kind of stuff. And I'm like, book okay, book I need to read really this. good. It's really good though, though, for like anyone who, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, I will rant rave about book of the month to anyone who will listen because you're going to get, you get like new releases. Again, we are not sponsored by book of the month, but we absolutely love it. But you get new releases at $15 a month. They're hardcover. They're nice. Like granted, they're not like the fancy ones or whatever, but it's still, it's a new release. This book, if you were to get it at Barnes and Noble, a hardcover, yeah. it would be probably like $25 at least. And well, so, and I found out side note for anyone who cares. So one last stop by Casey McQuiston just came out like a few weeks ago and it was on book of the month this month. And it's an add-on, so it's only ten dollars, and it's hardcover, and that's the only hardcover you can get of that book. They actually don't same with sell red, it. white, and royal yeah. blue. So that's kind of yep. nice. So I got both of those for ten bucks, and the paperback is thirteen, and it's not on sale or anything like that because it's brand new. So hot tip: if you want to save money and you really want those books, also your also, first. So if month you like hardcovers, so. yeah, use our codes. We have codes. <laughs> if you're I'll link them in the show notes if you guys want your first book of the month. If you haven't done it, first book of the month is five dollars. And then you can do an Amazing. add-on for five or for 10. And then your first two books are $7 each. Math. <laughs> all, right, all right. So let's get into this week's episode. You're all very welcome. <laughs> so what are we talking about this week? <laughs> <laughs> this week we are talking about the next book in the Throne of Glass series, The Assassin's Blade. So this is actually considered a quote unquote novella for the Throne of Glass. I think this one came out after, this one come out two after yeah okay and so I really like this, this one. one might be I, my favorite <laughs> I so really far. like this one like I had so much fun reading it and it made I'm really glad that we reread it in the way that we did so we had a lot of people kind of both ways that were talking about okay either read the Assassin's Blade first and then go into the series or read um, Throne of Glass and Crown of Midnight and then read Assassin's Blade and then finish the rest of the series. And so um, we went with the latter method, which for anyone who follows Rosebud Mode, that is the method that she recommends. <laughs> so um, that's kind of where we went with it. And I'm really glad that we did because in Throne of Glass and Crown of Midnight, you get a lot of kind of um, Easter eggs of like, oh, like her past. And you know that you know about Sam, you kind of know what happened to Sam. Um, and then there's these little like things that are dropped in about um, her going to the Red Desert in training or her stealing a horse from this king and all these like these kind of stories and snippets that you hear from her, but you don't know the backstory to it. And you get all of mo- a lot of the stories in this book. And I had s- I had so much fun reading it. Yeah, I actually read. I know I've told all of you this before if you've read these, but you're welcome again. I read Throne of Glass and then I read Assassin's Blade. And then I was like, I don't have time to commit to all like eight different books. And so I'll wait a little bit before I read them, but I wanted to know the backstory and I knew Assassin's Blade was the novella. So I could kind of read it slower if I wanted to, but I'm glad that I read Crown of Midnight and I tandem read this and Era Fire at the same time. So that was a lot. I don't recommend that. <laughs> I was listening to Era Fire and reading Assassin's Blade and I was like, mm, I'm too far into the storyline to get what's going on. But I agree. I think the Easter eggs are really nice. And I like that we're not deep enough in it to know all of the references. And then these will be Easter eggs for like what's going forward. Because I have heard people who read it at like the very end or, you know, hadn't read it until it came out way back when 
that they didn't really like Assassin's Blade as much because uh, you already know what's like going to happen and you've already like heard these stories a million times. But I like this book. I like the way it's written. I like that Selena is so young in it. And I think you can kind of see her development and growth finally in these other ones because I think she's really spoiled in this one, but I think she's pretty spoiled as we go forward through like Crown of Midnight and stuff like that. And I don't love her personality in general and the decisions she makes and like her internal monologue. But in this, you kind of see how she developed into the person that she is. And I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I really liked it. What was your favorite of the five novellas? I don't know. I liked all of them. Obviously the last one was heartbreaking. So I didn't like that one. Um, I don't know. I, the pirate one, I really love the pirate king or the pirate lord. You can only the pick assassin one. and just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, I also like the assassin in the, in the desert. Those are my two favorite probably just because it's like, I feel like in those two, you really get an idea of like, who Selena is and her kind of what she stands for or what she won't stand for kind of a situation and I really I really really like like those two so also I love pirates so um there's that too so that was kind of but what about you my favorite was the assassin in the desert I really like that one I like this a little bit longer but I didn't see the twist coming when I originally read it at the end that was really shocking. Um, and I, I just love the mute master and the way that it sets Selena up as kind of this like tantalizing girl. And then when it comes down to it, she's like, I really think I do like Sam or I I like have thoughts about him and I don't want to be that girl. Like I'll be the one who murders and kills everybody, but I'm not going to be like a hoe, which I thought was kind of refreshing because I think she's kind of portrayed as that as we go further on as being kind of like, I don't know. Promiscuous. (laughs) Yeah. Promiscuous. She's kind of like portrayed (laughs) as being a little promiscuous. And I like that she, uh, isn't. Yeah, I don't know. She, I really liked the, I, I mean, I guess we can get into the summary because we always wait till the end to do the let's summary. Do so I guess we should do the summary so at the beginning the, this time. Let's do the pirate lord. Let's start with that one. Okay, so um, Sam, it basically starts off with this weird meeting where they find out that um, Arabin second was murdered and they don't know how or why. He's being really cagey about it, kind of weird about it. And this is really painful for her because he was her like one of her close friends I guess you could say yeah yeah so Ben was like her mentor and like one of her close assassin friends or whatever and for like him dying was really hard on her and so she was trying to figure out like what happened she's like where's his body and they're like oh we can get it in. no one can get in there blah blah blah, blah. And she's just like you know what screw all of you and they're like where are you going she's like I'm getting Ben's body she is very spoiled I will say throughout this we kind of mentioned this but she throughout the entire book she's pretty spoiled and you kind of get this you can tell she's 16. You can tell she's young. You have these moments and you're like, girl, just shut up. Like, <laughs> just like being someone who is uh, almost twice her age, that's just not a problem. You know, she's she's definitely got that 16-year-old sass that like, I know everything. Like, it was kind of funny because I was like, oh God, I remember being 16. And so yeah, she's very like self-involved, I think too. And being the prodigy to the like King of Assassins and stuff. And you can tell that, she's lived her whole life on that agenda. This is the problem I have. I guess this is kind of a spoiler for like the rest of the series, but this is the issue that I have with her in general is that like, I know she went through a really tough time and obviously Ardalan has made her into the person that she is and, you know, hiding her magic and all that as like a fae. But it's hard for me to really get into this one and think of her as like Aelin. It's really hard for me to understand that she, that she still thinks of herself as Aelin or like, this is why I had such a hard time in Crown of Midnight because it's like, she, I know that she didn't forget and she like suppressed all of that, but it seems really like that she just genuinely forgot. Like she was like, oh, I, I am who I say I am because the way that she acts in here that she's like 
really leaning into the persona. And then it just seems like such a second thought, like a secondhand thought that she does that. And you kind of see it throughout here, how she's like, I'm, you know, the assassin, I'm like the King's assassin or not the King's assassin. She's like, you know, I'm the protege. I'm like the best assassin in the world, blah, blah, blah. And like all this stuff. And like really trying to build her reputation. But then in, you know, further into the novellas, she talks about like how she's from Terrasan and all these things. And it's like, which one is it? You know, like it's her decisions with that is so like starkly one way. And then she's like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm from here. Just like Easter egg for later on. And it's like, but those aren't, they're not like well-placed Easter eggs. And this is like the start of that one where I was like, who is she? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, my, I have a lot of opinions about Arabin. I think he's a guard. I, I, he, I hate him more than any other character in the book. Like I honestly, I, 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 he's awful. He's terrible. Like he is a full, if he's a full on predator, like he is, there is no other way to describe he's a predator. He's a straight up predator. And she talks about it in the book as like, who is he? Is he a mentor? Is he a father? Is he a lover? And when she said that, I was like, huh? like, it was so, gr- I was like, he is twice your age, darling. Absolutely not. Like you're 16. Ew. Yeah. Gross. Right. Yeah. I literally, Mm, I hate him so much. Feminist I hate, rage. Feminist rage. I hate, not even just feminist rage, just Regular rage in rage. general. Like everyone should be raging about how much of a predator he is. Not only towards her, but also Lysandra. Anyways, I, I hate him so much. But also I think a lot of it too is that he is a predator. He's grooming her. He is a abusive piece of shit. And so all of this mental and physical and grooming and all this bullshit that he's been putting her through I was in a full-on rage. Like, the end of this book, I was like, I'm gonna... The end of this book is dirty. Like, what a dirty, dirty book. This bitch... Listen, I... When I read that the first time, I was, like, in shock. And it it hits even worse the second time around. You're like, wow, okay. And that guy that she wrote, the, like, other creepy dude, I forgot his name, Farron, Farron, God only knows how to pronounce that. What what a creepy, creepy character to write. Like, good for Sarah that she can write those emotions, but, like, I might hate him a little bit more but he's awful. And the end where he's like, I don't like to share my things. We're so out of order. I'm so My sorry. belongings. I don't like to share my, I'm like, honey, she is a human being. I literally was it's like, a rage episode. I was in such a rage. We can, guess we can kind of like get into the, the, the nitty gritty of it, but her, the, the way he pins Sam against Selena is such an interesting dynamic. And I was not anticipating Sam and Selena to be Selena, Selena, however you say him. I was not anticipating them to be kind of like not enemies, enemies to, lovers, to lovers, but like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the frenemies. word. They're not enemies. Yeah. Like nemesis, nemesis, no, they're nemesis like... to lovers. Like <laughs> I wasn't anticipating that. I, but I really did like it. And I like that, yeah. you know, in the way that she writes Sam, that he is secretly in love with her and like, he idolizes <sighs> her and it was just so beautiful. Sam. And like, what a great character. And so they <sighs> go off into Skull Bay and they meet with Lord. Yeah. The pirate Lord Ralph. Is that how you say his name? Ralph. Ralph. So they meet with Ralph and in my head, he reminded me of Nikolai, like just the way he acted yeah. and the swagger and all of that. I was like, Ooh, Nikolai love this. I wish there was a little bit more explanation Ralph. of the tattoos on his hands uh, and how all of that happened. And I'm sure that that'll come up later because he is mentioned yeah. in like air fire and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I wish there was a little bit more information about that. This is another one I'm, I've said it before, but I would love a prequel to this series. A five part novella would be amazing. And it just talks about like Brandon and the first queen. And then, you know, like everything that happened in the last like 10 years and how the King came into power. Like if yeah. Sarah ever runs out of ideas, this would be a beautiful, like prequels, <laughs> like a trilogy or like a nice duology of like what happened 500 years ago. And then what happened 10 years ago. So I was a little bit like, 
he's obviously not important because we haven't explained enough about him. And, you know, she yeah. has a shitty relationship with him. I can't imagine wandering around town wearing a mask. And I was, it felt very like, I don't know. I was thinking like Phantom of the Opera, but the whole face. <laughs> that's how I was No, it. I got you. No, I felt, I was or like. like Fever Vendetta. Like, that's what I was thinking. Like Fever Vendetta Again, mask. back to the humidity thing. She talks about the humidity. Can you imagine like rolling around in a black Black cloak, Wool, black woolen clothes. black cloak. I'm sweating yeah, thinking and, about it. And a, a big old mask on your face. She's just like, I was so hot and miserable. And the whole time I was reading this, I was like, I feel gross. Like this feels this uh I like feel for you. It just feels terrible. I can't. Oh, this that's horrible. I couldn't even imagine it. Anyways, so her and Sam I like go, that they hide her identity. I will say that. I yeah. thought this was this kind of feeds into her ego, but I thought it was interesting that even as she goes into you know, throne of glass and into the challenge and stuff. Like people still don't realize that she's a 17 or 18 year old girl and she's 16 and she's so great. I do have a problem with this one. We'll go later into it about that like age thing, but I think this really plays into her ego and it builds a really good persona, especially if this is the book you're going to start with for the series. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You really get a feel of like who she is as Selena as like who she's been built to be by Arabin. We'll get into it. But anyways, so he, Sam and Selena are sent to Skull's Bay to make this deal. And then she's kind of frustrated because she's like, okay, this deal is about slaves. So she's like, first of all, no. Like she immediately was like, no. Did he send us here? Is this a test? And that's the thing that annoys me is that she never knows where Arabin is at. You know what I mean? Arabin always keeps her on her toes and always keeps her guessing and scared, one, that he's going to beat the ever living out of her. Two, like is he, is he here? What's our mission? What are we here for? And I'm like, this is a life or death situation. And you're sitting here going like, am I sitting here to kill this man because he's in the slave trade? Or am I here because you actually want to invest in slaves, which disgusting. Yeah. I was confused by that. I think it was written obviously because she doesn't explain it further on. And you know, the whole premise of this is that they free the slaves, but I was like, very confused. I was like, why would he, I kind of get it. Cause it's being manipulative. But it's like, why would you send her there? knowing who she is and like the attitude that she has and the ego she has and be like, you're here to, to like punish this guy or like to scare him off, to stop, you know, stealing or slaving, like trading slaves or whatever. But then it's like, here's this letter that says I want slaves. And it's like, that was really strange. Like, I didn't understand that. And I know that Sam is there to like reel her in, but Sam doesn't have any more information either. And that whole like setup was so strange. I was like, I don't get this. I don't, is he really like trading in slaves? And that was the whole point was to show that Selena cared about other people and still had like a heart and all that. It just was like kind of cringy to me. I was like, I don't really understand. That didn't show me that Arabin is shady, if that makes sense. Like it just shows me that he's like a bad person, but it was a weird way to manipulate her because it's like, didn't he anticipate that she would say no? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it was part of him almost also testing. Like, is she going to just do what I say? Is she going to That's fair just roll with it? Or is she going to say, no, is she going to, has he manipulated her enough to get her to follow him without question? Or is she still have a mind of her own? Yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense. And same with Sam. I was like, what's going on here? And he knows that Sam loves her. And so he, it's the same thing. Is Sam going to go along with her? Is he going to is he just gonna, is he gonna follow her or is he actually gonna follow Arabin? And so there was a, I think that was part of the manipulation there. He's just a manipulative piece of shit. Like, let's just fucking be honest. And so (laughs) (laughs) I hate him so much. But anyways, basically the whole book is about them finding out where the slaves are, finding out 
what's happening with the slaves, where they're going, um, the whole setup and her and Stam free the slaves. I love this whole scene of them like going on the ships and going out there in the middle. It felt very Pirates of the Caribbean. I love that. (laughs) I agree. Rowing out in the middle of the night and like sneaking onto the boat and like attacking everyone and then like freeing the slaves and just go like the chain will be gone. It was just like such a, it was such a fun, like not fun. It was very sad, but it was just such a, just like a action, emotionally action packed book. I loved it. And so, and it's this also the start of her and Sam working together and, um, her kind of like, do I not like, do I not hate him as much now? Are we just kind of like acquaintances now and not enemies? enemies? Like what, what are we, you know? And so she, um, and then she realizes, you know, at the end when Sam, you know, the tower comes down because Sam releases the chain so the slaves can take off with the boat and everything. And so um, the tower comes down and Sam is on the tower and she's like terrified. And she realizes in that moment, she's like, maybe I like him as a friend. Like maybe he, maybe we are friends. Yeah, it was kind of like a moment. And then, uh, then Rolf, the pirate lord comes up and he's like trying to be all macho and she freaking pins him to the ground and is like, so you need to sign these treaties. I loved how she did this. She just like is always one step ahead in these like little plans. And I'm like, oh, I love that. And just the, okay, you're going to sign this that says that uh, you refuse to do the deal. And this is going back to Arabin. And then you're going to sign this that says, if you see any pirates or anyone, you know, working in slave trade, then um, you're going to, you're going to run them down and you're going to kill them. So um, here you go. Sign these. All right, cool. Thanks. Never do it again. Or I'm going to come here and skin you alive. And I was like, I, I like that. Yeah. My one issue with this one, I just felt like the fight scene was a little bit weird. And the way that was all set up, like they're drinking in the bar and everybody's so drunk and her and Sam had pre-planned that, you know, his glass would drain and he wasn't going to get drunk, but the like pirate Lord, I was a little unconvinced that he wasn't also a little bit tipsy. And then he comes out and fights them with such precision. And she's supposed to be like a trained assassin. And the only thing that distracts him is like taking off her cloak. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know. Pretty face. Yeah. And it was just so, it was like so weird because I was like, how, first of all, how is he like kicking your ass? And then two seconds later, you've like knocked him out and run away. And then when he comes again, you like beat the fire out of him. So that was a little bit awkward. I was like, "Mm, I don't know how to feel about this guy. Like, is he good? Is he bad? Is he like trained well? You know what I mean? I don't know. I think it was supposed to be a line of like, she's only 16 and she's also like really pretty. So it was kind of like a shock. Yeah. But he was like whooping her ass. And then yeah, he was the second time around. She's like, um, haha, just kidding. Bing, bang, bong, knocked out. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. It was just a little bit like pick one. She's either really good and she's going to like whoop his ass or she's not. And he's going to be distracted by her pretty face. It was just a little mm-hmm. like, I was like, mm, Okay. It was, I liked this one. I liked how they played it out. I liked that sort of her and Sam's relationship and them working together. So we kind of end with them going back into the Assassin's Keep and figuring out what's going to happen. And then we start the next novella, which is the Assassin and the Healer. And she is on her, so it starts with Selena in a shady bar in her little cloak. And you kind of hear her internal monologue saying that she was punished for disobeying Arabin and he's sending her to the pissed off yeah and she's sending her to the red desert to train with the new master and then you kind of switch to a second pov of urine urine irene 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 with a y sure who's this barmaid who says she had all these big hopes and dreams and never wanted to be in this town very long and as it turns out she's been in this town for like almost a year and she is really like observant of selena and is like i don't know who this girl is she's obviously looking for a fight she dresses really nice and selena switch back to her pov and says i am looking for a fight i've been fighting 
and she's just pissed about everything that happened. And you kind of flash back to what happened with Arabin and he beat the ever loving tar out of her in front of Sam. And three people had to hold Sam back because Arabin knew his feelings for Selena and all of these things. And so she is basically sitting in a bar, just so pissed about her life and all this is where her spoiled bratness comes in. And I was like, yeah, girl, I can relate, but I, <laughs> she was like, everything here tastes like garbage. This like nice in is like trash. And I was like, Oh honey, true. Um, and then in there. Doreen goes outside to dump the trash and these like creeper creeps come out and try to attack her. And Selena like whoops their ass for her, of course. And I like this. I've heard that people say that like, this is kind of irrelevant. Um, I think she comes up as a character later on. So that's why they sort of mention it. But I guess this is a good peek into seeing who we thought Selena wanted to be. She was like, you're kind of the embodiment of who I thought I was going to turn out to be, you know, like kind of not necessarily weak, but like not a fighter and wanted to be a healer and all these things. And I thought it was, I loved when she gives her the brooch and was just like, go off and like make your way in the world and don't tell anybody that you got this money and like do something for you. And that was I really love Selena in this book. And I think it just gets better and better as we go on, like the great acts of kindness that she does kind of throughout. And yeah. I really liked Yurene's character and I really liked how she played into all of this. And, you know, you can kind of see that Selena is like a deadly person, but she also like cares about the little guy. Yeah, it was nice. And I also liked that she wasn't just like, she's like, all right, I'm going to teach you how to fight or I'm going to teach you how to defend yourself. And, you know, she, instead of just like, she is mad at her because she's like, you need to fight for your life. Like you need to defend yourself and stuff. But then she's also mad in the same aspect where she's just like, I'm just angry. I just want to fight this back and forth of her being like, maybe I'm just being a, she kind of comes to the, to the, to the point where she's like, maybe I'm just being a spoiled brat. Like, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? And so she meets her and she's teaches her to fight. And <laughs> I love the scene where there's like more of them show up and Selena's just like, doing her little thing and then there's more there and she just looks at her and she's like are you gonna are you gonna do anything and then obviously Irene like decides that she's not gonna you know die in that moment basically and she um she fights her way out and she's like you didn't help me and you could help me she's like yeah because you have to want to help yourself you have to want to like fight you have to want to live and um you know she gets the brooch and everything like that um uh, Selena leaves money in the brooch and everything for her and she and Irene leaves and doesn't look back. And I love that. I love that kind of just like, it was like a nice little story. Like it was just like a nice, like, you know, she's there for one night or she was there for like a week, but it's like the last night she was there. And it's this quick, like this yeah, moment. This one was a really short was, one too. And I didn't yeah. think it needed to be any longer, but it was a really good developmental story yeah. and how she gets to the red desert and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, which leads us to the our favorite, the desert. I love this one. This one was really good. I like the new master. I like, uh, I was, this one broke my heart. The end of this one really broke my heart. Um, this one was really, I would um, like to say her traveling through the desert or whatever to the assassin's keep felt like Aladdin to me. And I was yeah. just imagining <laughs> yep. Jafar as the old guy, like, <laughs> We don't Arabian know any yeah, yeah. <laughs> A diamond in the rough. And I was like, that's just like what it reminded me of. And that's all I could like imagine while I was reading the scene of her like walking and running through the desert. I just felt like that. And um, a little bit of like Hidalgo. I don't know. <laughs> Very Big Hidalgo, Hidalgo vibes. She steals the horse. Big Hidalgo vibes. I like, you know, that like traveling through and they're sort of explaining the, topography of the rest of Illyria 
I had to reference the map quite a few times in these last two books in this and Air of Fire because I was like, what's where? And there's a lot of words that are similar. Um, I will never, I will go down until the day I die complaining about people naming things with the same letter of any name just in general. And this one is really bad about that. Just all over the place with the same first letter of the name of the place of the town. So I found myself checking a couple of times. But I liked that. And it was kind of cool to see, you know, how close she is to Eloy or whatever it is, Nahemia's like town. And they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, this is how far down this is and how isolated it is and all of that. And, you know, she gets there and she's like, is everybody mute? And I would have been like the exact same way. I would have been like, can I talk? Can we talk? <laughs> you know, and and gestures here. Like, <laughs> I don't know sign language. Um, <laughs> and of course, you know, she comes in, this is her like arrogant ego. She's like, I should go under a false name, but I'm not going to. And I love Arabin tells her not to. I like the um, arc sequence or whatever. I'm like a big fan of that. So I really liked yeah. when they were like, okay, so for the first day you're going to run. And then by the end of it, she's like, I can run all six miles with like a yoke on my back through the desert. I loved how it was so funny though. She's like, I did so terrible. I'm so embarrassed. She's like, I made it back. I barely made it back for dinner. I'm absolutely, I would die. I would, there's no, there's no way. Um, and so she's dead. like, She's like, I would not make it. I would not be a silent assassin. One, I'm not silent. I'm very loud human being. And two, no, too much running. She's talking to Ansel about it. And Ansel's like, you did great. Like, honestly, she's like, my first one, I passed out in the desert. The only reason I made it back was because the master's son carried me back. She's like, and I wasn't even, she's like, I was so mad because I wasn't conscious enough to realize it and appreciate being in his arms. And I was like, I absolutely love that. <laughs> I liked Ansel. I really liked sad. her character and I thought it was, their friendship is adorable and I mean, it doesn't end well, but I like their friendship and how she's finally giving herself a chance to be like, this is my true like girlfriend, like a friend that's a girl, my true like first real friend. That's like an appropriate age for me. And, you know, they, they kind of share a lot of things together and Ansel tells her a lot about her life. And she tells her that she's from, um, Terrison and all that stuff. So I really enjoyed the development of their friendship. And I really liked Ansel. I thought she was like a quirky character and I'm glad that they didn't bring in a lot of side characters in here. I, I had a feeling that was going to happen, but I appreciated there wasn't a ton of side characters, but she's going through this process and she's like, how do I get the mute master's attention? You know, how do I, how do I start training? I was sent here. She's like, I have to train with him. I'm here for a month. Like, she's like, I'm on a timeline, baby. And, and Ansel's like, well, I've been here for five years and he's never approached me. And I was just like, well, that's awkward. I was like, so is my first thought too, was like, Arabin doesn't expect her to be back. Arabin doesn't expect her to ever come back. As far as that was my first thought. Oh, I was like, he sent her there because he wants her to you? train with the mute master. And my first thought was, he doesn't think she's ever going to come back. He doesn't think she's ever going to be able to train with the mute master because she's a spoiled brat. And he's interesting. Not put up with her I shit. did not that's, have that thought. That was my thought of like, that's why Arabin sent her there because he doesn't think she's going to think that she's, she's cut out for it. Wow. That's an interesting take. I like that. I didn't think that at all. I just thought that, I don't know. I guess I just assumed it was going to happen. I don't know. <laughs> I'm all in it for like the happy ending. But I like her interactions with the mute master and, you know, he's like, we're going to train to be like a snake and a bunny and a bat and all this stuff. And you're like, this is really interesting. How it's very karate kid. Yeah. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> yeah. And like, he's all quiet and weird. Um, but I thought it was really interesting how different he is compared to Arabin and like the way that the silent assassin seems so loyal to him. And then they go out and basically sell contracts and like sell themselves. And it's so like a respectable as, I don't know, an occupation. I guess that's the as right ex- word. As, as respectable as an assassin can be. Yeah. But it's like, you're there in it for like the, like 
he's not making them do what Arabin does where he forces them to spend all this money and then pay them back. And they don't have to like live in a keep. They're like living out here in this oasis training and doing it from like a valuable person. And I don't know, I've really liked the setup of the silent keep and how they kind of portrayed that. And, you know, obviously they're warring with this Lord and they keep sending Ansel back and forth and the interactions with her in the souk and the spider guy and the shoe thing and all of that, I thought was like so funny to me because I was like, Selena is so like materialistic. And then this guy's like, I could use like the King of the Northern Assassins protege to go still back my 20 years. And I was like, this is going to be interesting later on. I was like, this is going to be, there's going to be the spider silk stuff. I was like, that that was an interesting conversation. I was like, I like that idea of like, I love the idea of like these spiders being like, this like the bargaining of with the spiders and it's not like here's a bunch of gold so they're like steal certain things like they stole 20 years off this guy's life and he's like I thought it would be at the end of my life but you know it's actually the beginning of life he's actually 20 years old but he looks 40 you know he's like it is what it is but he's talking about how people have murdered people to get a yard of spider silk or you know like dreams and things I would never go there I would never I don't absolutely not nobody cares I would ne- couldn't convince me a single bit <laughs> eat spider soap that bad no thank you <laughs> but yeah I don't know I like that I love that idea of payment is not payment I mean it is payment but it's like payment in a different form so and again you get this in air fire we'll discuss it next episode but um I liked I like that but so she, you know, talks to this guy for a while and then he just gives her like a little little square of spider silk as like payment for getting his 20 years back. And so, you know, Ansel finds her and she's like, we're going now. And it was just like really awkward and weird. And then they steal these horses. And I was like, okay. I was thinking very Hidalgo vibes in this moment. Big Hidalgo vibes. Yeah, I liked this scene and the way it was set up. And then she's like, I'm, we're taking a shortcut. She's like, live a little bit. And it's funny because- you think of Selena as the one who's like wild and reckless. And it's like, she learned all of that from Ansel. And it's like, that's a nice personality trait that I think she kind of got from her friend here and, you know, living with mute assassins for that month. But it's, I really love that line. Like live a little. (laughs) Yep. And they jump over this big Canyon and it was so, I don't know. I loved it. And so um, she talks about this kind of this mare that she has and how she's excited. They get back and she um, they're in the keep and obviously they heard what happened and so they go to the mute master and she's like uh basically selena takes takes the um takes the blame basically and is like it was my idea i did it like she doesn't she knows that she knows that ansel's been there for five years and ansel's been wanting to train with him and it's this whole thing she doesn't want to like ruin her chances and you know have him mad and so she shoulders the blame and then he's like we're going to start training in the morning. And I thought it was like so awkward. I thought Ansel was going to be a bit more mad about it than she was. Yeah. And I think that was like one more kind of coin in the pot of her master plan. Yeah. Um, I liked their heart to heart moment where she explains that like her family's dead and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you hear this really sad story about why she's actually there. And I think that added a lot more life to her character and made me feel so bad for her when like mute master doesn't want to do anything with her because she came here to you know do this in defense of her family and all of that and then the mute master like picks Selena and it's like 
Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> yeah, it was Whatever. a very awkward moment. I was like, oh, that's that's rough. But, you know, she starts training with the Mute Master and, you know, he's like, you know, you got to be fast as the snake or quick as the, and, you know, this is the whole, you know, what we were talking about, the Karate Kid thing earlier. And so she starts training with him and stuff like that. And then she, her and Ansel have a fight. And um, basically Ansel calls her the spoiled bitch and they have this big fight Preach. and she's, <laughs> she is training with the master and he can tell that she is not paying attention. You know, the snake is sneaking up on her kind of a thing. And so she's, she's like, I can't think. And so he like invites her up and they start doing these like, again, karate kid moment where she's like, you know, going through all the stuff or whatever. And so, um, you know, she, she realizes, you know, these things and these things that he's been teaching her and the way that he's been teaching her is so, and she mentions this a lot. It's so different from how Arabin teaches and stuff like that. You know, Arabin forced her to break her own arm so she could learn how to fight with her left arm, you know, fight with the sword with her left arm. And I was like, that's disgusting. Anyways. And so she, um, you know, learns all these things and she's, goes to bed that night and then Ansel wakes her up and she's like, Hey, like, I'm sorry. I sorry for what I said. It wasn't right. Da, 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 da. She brings her wine and she's drinking it and they're talking and she's like, I'm sorry. And then Selena passes out. And then she wakes up in the desert with her horse with a note. And I was just like, Oh no, this is not good. This is so bad. This it's is not like not- Milan. This was, this felt like Milan, like hundred <laughs> percent. I was like, she's going to go and it's going to be like, the Huns are alive. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's how I felt. I was like, this is such a weird scene. Like I'm just in the desert. I'm just going to like walk and like head back to town. And then she's like, I just thought it was so weird because she had this moment with the master and everything was great. Like, and then she's like, well, maybe he just doesn't want to train me anymore. Maybe. I-. And I'm like, really? You had this, like, everything was starting yeah, to go really well too dumb here. for you to like, I think this shows her immaturity in the like 16 year old mindset. You get this very big, like 16 year old mindset. Whereas like us as adults are like, maybe you should like check that out. Like maybe don't leave. Um, But she's a kid, you know, and she's looking for approval from her, the mute master from Arabin, from everyone, you know, and again, being, I remember being 16. I remember that those mask questions back years. then no so she is walking back into town with her horse and she starts to see the soldiers of lord whoever what's his name i can't remember it they start to see the soldiers and she's like that's weird that's suspicious that's suspicious I, like the mute master would have reinforced the walls or like said something and so then she thinks back to what that guy said where there were spies that were um inside the assassin's keep and then she opens the letter and the letter's blank And she's like, yeah, okay. So this made no sense. So someone like set me up and she tells the horse, we're going to run back to the silent keep. And this is a really cute, like, (laughs) (laughs) this is really cute. I think that, um, Sarah does a really good job of kind of describing the emotion behind animals. And I love her like relationships that Selena has with Fleetfoot and like this horse, whose name I literally could never pronounce if you paid me. Um, and like all of those sorts of things. So I really like her relationship with those animals. And she's like, it's like the horse knew the urgency and all that. And she shows up, obviously they've made it their way into the keep. There's like blood everywhere. Um, they're all fighting each other. And she's like, I have to find the mute master and see what's going on. And she walks over. And this part was so sad. She like walks over the body of Mikhail, uh, Ansel's dead boyfriend that she's had for like years. And she says this, like he trained me. And because the mute master wouldn't pay attention to me, I got like training from him. Cause he's a great warrior and all that kind of stuff. And she just like slit his throat and she nuts. And 
the mute master is like laying on the floor, paralyzed from whatever um, drug that she gave him. And then his son is like bleeding and looks at her and he's also silent. And I guess we guys kind of forgot to talk about that part too, but he's bleeding and he's like, go save my dad. And she, she fights Ansel. She gets cut on the face. She gets cut on the neck. So she's coming out of this with like marks of, you know, her friend and this person that she thought she trusted. And they get in this fight and she pins her to the ground and is like, she like doesn't want to kill her either. You, yeah. know, you can tell that she's holding back. You can tell that Selena's holding back and is like, I don't want to kill you. And Ansel is like full on, like not kill you. And Ansel's, you know, obviously like lost in grief. She's lost in rage. hopelessness and rage and all of this stuff of like, she's been there for five years. She's never been trained. She's, you know, she's, there's so many emotions and obviously the, the Lord, Barrick or whatever his name is like offers her this to have some sort of army right army and redemption for her kingdom and you know it was very I mean you have this line of you have this moment of like do you blame her do you is that you know what I mean like she's also young she's also very young and you know she's what 18 yeah 18 or 20 yeah she's pretty young and so you know it's again, young, impressionable kids kind of a thing. And so it's very sad having to grow up so fast. And so I, this, this scene just broke my heart. It broke my heart. Yeah. And you know, Selena's trying not to kill her, but she's also like trying to save the mute master and trying to save his son. And she's got this back and forth between, you know, the things that the mute master has taught her and the ways that he showed her and the ways the Arabin. Arabin is very like, you are ruthless and yeah, you dirty. kill, you know, no matter what. And so it was very, it's a very conflicting moment for her. Yeah. And this, this felt like very karate kid because she's like, I'm going to strike like the snake or the asp. I don't know what it's called. I'm going to strike like the snake. And I was like, yeah, what's up? What's up? Like, that's just like how I felt during that scene. I was like, yeah, get it. And <laughs> you know, she pins her down and she says, you have 20 minutes to grab all your stuff and leave. Or I, and I'll shoot an arrow like through your throat. And I guess, and then, you know, she packs her stuff. She talks to the mute master and he's like, thank you so much for saving my life and talks to her. And she's like, what? I know. At the same time, I was like, <laughs> this was okay. so funny. He's like, I never said I was mute. Everybody just like assumed. And I was like, that is so funny. Like, that's I was so laughing. Funny. I was like, this is very, like, there's a, there's, a, there's some good humor in some of these moments. Yeah. I was just like, I love that. He's like, I'm dead. Technically technically I just don't like to talk I'm just really it felt very like I'm just really introverted and I don't really like talk to people and so I just I just went with it yeah like I (laughs) and it was it's so well played out too because his son is kind of like you know hurt or whatever and he's not there to see all this and I just thought that was so funny because it's like does his son know that he also is like mute and all they know that we know that they know that they know and (laughs) You know, I guess we forgot to talk about this a little bit earlier. We'll say that before we get to the end, but I really liked, um, kind of how they set Selena up again as this like sultry kind of like temptress and that, you know, uh, Ansel's like, he doesn't ever look at girls, but he's looking at you and it's like, well, okay. Yeah. Cause Selena's beautiful. And we've said that. And I love that they, it gets a little annoying after a while, but I do love that they continue to say like, she's a beautiful character. She knows that she's beautiful. She's so confident. And that's nice to read. Like if I was 16 and reading this, it's like, I love that, that like Ansel's confident that Selena's confident. And it's never about like their looks hundred percent. And I love that. And then, you know, they're at the revel, let's call her revel. Cause that's basically what it was. They're at the revel, like dancing in the silent music. And I was like, this was such a well-played out scene. And you know, she's like finally letting free and seeing what it's like to be happy in 
with your coworkers, essentially, right? Like the other assassins and how much Not love feeling like they're going to stab you in the back any, any second. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's so beautiful because she's young and impressionable. And like, she's living this terrible, she's living a terrible life really. And, you know, she got to kind of be free and the guy like takes her back to your bedroom and it felt very like prom night-esque. And she's, he like, she's like, I could kiss him. I could kiss him. But like, in case anyone didn't know, I've like never kissed anybody. And I was like, oh, oh my God, you're so cute. I love you. And then she's like, oh, but I don't know. Like I think about Sam and I was like, oh man. Like I know she says, she's like, she's like, I didn't, ki- <laughs> what did she say? She's like, I didn't kiss him because, um, cause I was nervous. I kissed him because I because I was thinking of Sam and I was like, oh, she's realizing it. Oh, how cute. What did she say? She said I didn't Sorry, kiss him because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and it was yeah, just I'm like, ugh, I love that so much. And I loved that. It wasn't a huge part of that book, but it was enough that it's like, we still see that Selena is like a young girl and there are going to be, you know, romantic relations, but I'm honestly going to say it right now. I'm getting whiplash from all the boys that love her and all the boys that she loves back because we're on like number yeah. seven now. It's a lot. It's like too many, bro. It's a lot. I'm like, what? We know she, we know, we know you're pretty. That's that's great. Dorian, Kale, (laughs) this guy whose name I can't pronounce thus far. And we're like three books into the series. Yep. I'm getting whiplash. She's a hot commodity. And Arabin, I guess. But so then we get, let's like flash forward back. She gives her 20 minutes and she goes, it's time to like go and shoot an arrow at her. And she says, I shot the arrow and it almost hits the horse. But as it turns out, I gave her like 21 minutes and I don't really like Ansel anymore because obviously that was a horrible thing that she did, but I do kind of hope that she shows up at some other point in the story to just give a little bit more of like what happened there. Yeah. Um, as far as like their relationship and all the things that she did. Yeah. That's kind of the, oh, and then the mute master is like PPS. I talk. And I've, as I've heard, you owe your master like tons of money. Here's tons of money. Take your horse back home. Here's like the letter of approval. And it's like signed, sealed, delivered. Everything that could have gone right went right. Yeah, I loved at the end, he goes, also give him this and tell him that in the red desert, we do not abuse our disciples. And I was like, and she like looks at him and she's like, yeah, I think I can do that. And I was just like, yes. Like it was such a good way to end this book. It was so just like, hey, yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah everyone's yeah. so bad and then you get into the next book which she returns back to the assassin's keep and it's kind of this moment where she's like yeah i've been practicing what i'm gonna say to him like <laughs> we've all been there girl we've all been there where you're like having an argument with yourself within your head in the shower like i should have said that that would have put him in his place you know <laughs> no just me um anyways <laughs> but you know she's talking about how she goes back to the assassin's keep and i so this guy came up in crown of midnight what's his name wesley you know wesley is his bodyguard bodyguard yeah and so i was a bit confused from his references in the previous bits so it was nice to have him brought back in because i forgot who he was for like a minute there (laughs) yeah i like wesley oh so sad she stalks into arabin's office and she's like i'm gonna tell him you know what's what and she like walks in and he's like looking at papers ignoring her and she like gives him the letter and he just kind of tosses it aside and is ignoring her and she's just like okay like she's she's now realizing the games that he's playing like she's realizing the crap that he's putting her and the abuse that he's putting her through and it's just this like and then he does the the typical freaking abuser bullshit like this this so like 
it gives me like the heebie-jeebies. The it made me so angry. Like I, Arabin, literally beat her till she was unconscious for three days in front of Sam. Terrible. And then he says, I just feel so bad for what I did. I just, I just lost my temper. I don't know. It's just when it comes to you, I just, I can't, I can't control my feelings and bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Here are some gifts. And I was just like, I, I wanted to, I, I had no words for this. I was so angry. I, it was sad. You were so hyped for Selena to just walk in there, give him the gold and like run away. And then she's kind of like, wait, what's going on? Like, I, I don't, her like bravado left so quickly. And it's like, that was sad. I know that she wasn't staying and she still had that in her, but it was like, this would have been a perfect moment for her to say, no, I'm leaving. Thanks for the gifts, but like I'm gone. And I get where, why she didn't, but it was like, oh man, you're just like rooting so hard for her. And then he does this yeah. like slimy ass thing. And you're like, you hate him just even more. Like oh, I hate him yeah. so much. And you're just like, again, she shows she's 16. Yeah. She's looking for approval and she's, you know, he's basically been father, mentor, lover. And when she said that, I literally- That was the I, worst line of this entire I literally, And she says it multiple times. And I literally just like closed the book and was just like, I I can't. Like it literally, when she first said that, I, I wanted to throw up. That was the moment I was like, oh, he's not, a, obviously he's an abuser. Like obviously at, at the start of it, he's an abuser and manipulative. But then you get to this point where she says that. And I was just like, oh, this, oh, this is, this is worse than I thought. For me, it was just creepy that she even had to question what is his intention. That was what was creepy to me. He never, she talks about how he never laid out his intention. And I'm like that again, the manipulation and the the cringiness of this man, I, I wouldn't even call it like, he is a slimy creature from hell. I hate him so much. I hate him. She, and she, he's a good villain. Like she wrote him so well as a villain. Oh, I hate him so much. I hate him so much. Not only with the shit that he puts her through, but also the manipulation and the pitting Lysandra and, and Selena against each other. Again, she's, you know, she's searching for that friendship and Arabin knows she, he wants to keep her isolated. He wants her to only be dependent upon him. Abuser textbook 101. Like this is all out of that. And it just like, Sarah, are you okay? I'm just gonna, <laughs> Sarah. Are you okay? Because um, we're here if you need to talk. Because I'm sorry. Through some emotional turmoil, that's for sure. What were your thoughts on when she first sees Sam again and how that interaction with Lysandra goes? Did you think that he was going to be as standoffish as he was, or did you anticipate that he was going to like find her in secret and like have that chat? I thought I thought they were going to actually have a conversation, like act an actual conversation about what happened. And I understand her frustration of him just being so aloof about it. And I know you find out later why he is that way and why he's acting that way because you know Arabin's a piece of shit. But you, it's and it's just it makes me so sad. And then of course Lysandra being Lysandra, I just this whole scene. This is the first time you meet Lysandra, and yes, you kind of feel what Sam has felt where his mom was a courtesan and you know, his connection to all of that and how he has a really soft side for her. I don't like her character in here. I think she's a big fat brat and she is like the emphasis of everything that's like kind of wrong with Selena. And Selena feels that like, this is, this would have been the other side of the coin of what I could have turned out to be. I could either be a courtesan or I could have been an assassin. It's like, yeah, that debate in her mind. And it's this moment of you're realizing even more like an Arabin feeds off of this too. You know, he, 
pushes Sam towards Lysandra. And you know, it's all this manipulative head game bullshit of like, he's trying to pull Sam away from her and, and make her angry at Sam. He turns Lysandra against her and she has, again, no one to turn to except for Arabin, especially because Ben is gone now. Ben was the one that she used to go to as well. And, and so, you know, there's all these things that you're just like, oh, it's so cringy. and just so... Basically, this entire book is her fighting to get away from Arabin. Yeah, I like when they go to the masquerade. And this is our first kind of mention of uh, Dorian and Kale. And I was like, I like that. It's clever. That was good. I love that. I was <laughs> like, oh, hey, Dorian. Hey, Kale. How are you? Hey, hey. <laughs> nice to see ya. I really like that. This one has a lot of really iconic lines. And the one I, probably my favorite line in the entire series is like, I will not be afraid. And that Sam like repeats it to himself. And then you hear her say it like throughout. And it's all just like really subtle every time she says it. And I'm always like, <sighs> I died inside we will get to it in the next book but I died inside when that happened and I was just like I this whole book killed me yeah so then here's another like manipulative thing that Arabin does is like he sends her on a job this okay so I kind of felt this and I I knew that this is how she set him up and everything but I don't usually predict things in books and I knew that this was going to go wrong and he's like I have a job for you it's a great job she wants to kill her husband he's a slave trader blah 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 so I kind of knew from the get-go this felt very crown of midnight but I kind of knew it from the get-go that he was going to be a good guy. She goes and kills him. And then all of a sudden it come to find out he's been trying to like smuggle slaves out of the capital and out of these places. Um, and she feels really bad that she like killed a good guy and Arabin sucks. Arabin's a manipulative piece of shit. And you know, he knows that she's leaving. There's no way he doesn't know that she has three chests of gold in her freaking room above him. Like there's no way he doesn't know that. You know what I mean? And I think it's him, again, continually, continuously trying to manipulate her. And this one backfires. And she says, you know what? Fuck you. You know, when she finds out what happened, I, I love that she wasn't, she didn't fall into the manipulation of this one. It was like, okay. I love that she, even though she doesn't have that conversation with him straight away, that she's like, I took my savings and bought an apartment. And I was yeah. like, good for you, girl. Like, good first steps. And I love the apartment and that she has a space of her own. And she sort of builds that up um, and finally has the nerve to say, like, I'm moving out. And I'm mm -hmm. leaving. And then, you know, she sells her pony to get Sam's freedom. And you're like, oh, this is beautiful. Everything's going so well. And that's kind of into the second one, right? The last yeah. One. I mean, her, oh, the best part, they're like walking through the tunnels or whatever. And he's like, Sam confesses his love for her. He's like, I've always loved you. I, I've always loved you. And I will always love you. There, he's like explaining himself basically. And he's like angry. And he's like, but I never told you because I know when it came down to it, I didn't want to know the answer between me or Arabin you would choose him. And she's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Stupid. And, I love her. She, and she's like, she's like, you're an idiot because I would choose you. And then they like kiss. And then I thought it was so freaking slimy what he did with, with the money that she, that she gave him. And so she gives him obviously all this gold and stuff for her freedom and then sells her horse so she can get Sam's freedom. Turns out he uses the gold basically to buy Lysandra's virginity is basically what it is. And it's just, ugh, it's so, it's so gross. It's so gross. It makes me just want to punch him in the face so bad. Like, I just, I hate him so much. I hate him. I hate him so much. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <clears throat> that was gross. It was so gross. That's kind of the end of this novella. And then we get into the last one, The Assassin in the Empire, right? Yeah, it broke my heart. This, this whole book <sighs> broke my heart because you're seeing these things that Sam has said 
or ticks that he's done or things that she's, you know, things with Ansel or things with um, Irene and stuff. And you're like picking up on, you know, things that she says in Throne of Glass and things that she says in uh, Crown of Midnight. The I will not be afraid. I, <laughs> I died. I died. I had to close the book and just like breathe for a couple seconds. Cause like, I'm going to cry. Chef's kiss, man. It destroyed me. It broke my heart. That that probably broke my heart more than the end of this book. I've said this many times. If any of you know me, I'm so sorry for having to hear this again. But I read Assassin's Blade and then picked up Crescent City. Crescent City spoiler for all of you. This is the premise of the book, so it's not a big spoiler. I read Assassin's Blade and Sam died. And I was like, wow, that was a lot. And like, you knew he was going to die. So I guess it was like a little bit less heartbreaking. But I picked up and Sarah, she just loves to like do you dirty, man. You'll find this out in Akatar, but she does some things that like I'm shocked by. So we get into Crescent City and within the first like 20 pages, you establish that she has a best friend named Danica and this guy that she's kind of crushing on named Connor. And they would be like perfect storybook ending, like happy go lucky. And then like 22 pages into it, Connor's like brutally murdered. And I was like, okay, I'm done. Like I'm done. I am too like emotionally overwhelmed. And Sam, now Connor, yeah, like, I can't it handle much. it. It was so much. I was like, Sarah really knows how to like rip your heart out, pull the emotions from you. This ending is like tragic and horrific. And I just remember being like, wow. It was that. painful. Yeah. It was, I think for Kirsten me, cried, for sure. I cried. I cried. So I, <laughs> I cried. Let's be honest here. The whole premise is they're trying to get out of Rift, Rift Hold or Ardlin or wherever the hell they're at. And they have to get, Arabin's permission because they're still a part of the guild and then they have to get money so they can leave and so they're like all right we're gonna take one last job Sam finds this job Arabin says yeah cool you can leave kind of a thing as long as you give me this much money and so and it's the exact amount of money that's in her bank accounts which is again just I hate him so much and so she um you know it's her and Sam figuring out how to be together and how to um you know live together and be together and figuring it out not being enemies it is a very mal move you know in this fighting ring trying to make money so they can leave and he wants to leave really bad and she still has this these mixed feelings about leaving and he calls her on it he's like why do you not want to leave what what is why what is keeping you here so much and he calls her out on it he's like is it Arabin? he's like are you that up his butt that you're still part of it i mean she's been manipulated her basically her entire life like half of her life. And so she's having a hard time leaving. And so it was just, that was heartbreaking too, those fights that they had. And you're just like, don't fight. Please don't fight. You don't, you don't have that much time. Just love each other. Oh man. And I think a little bit of this is sort of like a precursor to her goals as Aelin. She wants to be in the capital and see what's going on and be a part of all of that. And yeah, these were, this was a really hard one to read because they're doing a lot of shady things and you're like when's it gonna happen because we you all just know. know it's coming you yeah. know it's coming and it's just there were moments I was like oh it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and then it didn't you're like oh uh, 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 well, I don't want to keep so reading worse I was just like oh no 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 and then just these things and she's like how are you so brave he's like I'm not I'm terrified all the time she's like well how do you you know do this and he's like I tell myself I'm Sam Cortland and I'm not afraid and I was like <laughs> that's when I cried that's when I cried I was like no I think his death wasn't I didn't I cried I was like I like teared up but I wasn't like crying because I knew he was gonna die and I knew it was brutal and I knew he was gonna die so I was expecting it and I think I was prepared for it 
If I had gone into this book blind, I would have been, oh, oh been I mean, mess. this whole book did destroy me though. I'm not going to say like emotionally I was wrecked after this book. Yeah. It's a lot. And I think it's how well she develops their relationship and the two of them and all the things that they kind of go through together. And you're like, wow, this is such a beautiful like friendship that turns into a relationship. That's like one of those ones where it's like, you were so blind your whole life. And we all like love that stuff. So it was just wonderful. And I knew, Ugh. I think for me, the part that really like crushed my soul was in Arabin like comes into her apartment. He's like, she's not, he's not here. He's, he's gone. And you're like, what? You're no. just like, no, 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 no. And then she takes off and he's like, you don't want to see it. And she's like, no, I want to see it. And then she sees his body and he's just like, oh, it, it, he just is so disgusting and terrible. And just like the things that were done to him. And it makes me just like want to just I didn't like that she fell. It was a little too much for me that she fell right into their trap and swung into the window, killed the guy. She's, so that she's other 16 crime and she's a up. hothead. Yeah. But it was just like, it was a little bit, I was like, Oh God, here we go. I don't know. I had a hard time reading it because I was just kind of like, okay, well we know what's going to happen. So I might as well just like flip a couple pages. Yeah. And that it was, was like a little yeah. bit too, it was a little too cookie cutter for me that like she fell right into his trap. That's exactly what was going to happen. All of that. I was shocked that it was Arabin that had like orchestrated the whole thing with that guy. I thought that guy was just a big fat creep. I was not shocked. I was like, yep, saw that fucking coming, you piece of shit. I hate him so much. <laughs> He's so possessive of her. And there's so many things that she's like, no, I don't, I don't want anything to do with you. And so So let's talk about her interaction with the king. I really loved how fierce she is. And then that he kind of doesn't remember her when we get into Throne of Glass. And I thought that was really good. And I, you know, yeah. I loved her internal monologue and here it felt so genuine to like her character where she's like, I just want to die. I'm like done. Sam's dead, whatever. And then he's like, I'll give you nine lifetimes. And you're like, Ooh. she was like, one last request, make it quick. And I was like, damn, you know, that's part of the journey. And you've read Throne of Glass, you've read Crown of Midnight, you know how that ends. But it's also just like the thought of being 17 years old and being shipped off to a mining camp where no one lives and the life expectancy is like three months and all that. Kind of yeah, it's terrible. I loved the stag at the end. I thought that yeah. was so beautifully written in there. And you're like, okay, so this makes more sense. She is really leaning into her like Terracinian heritage. And that's going to play a big part like going forward and all of that. But I thought she ended it really well. Yeah, I thought she did too. It was crushing though. It was brutal. Yeah. What are your final thoughts on the whole, all five novellas? I say I gave the Assassin's Blade a 4.5. I really liked it. it um, I love the tie-in to the story. And I know there's going to be things later on that tie in as well. Um, I thought she, the emotion in this book, again, I left this book completely emotionally wrecked. Certain things I was just like, you know, her relationship with Ansel and how that ended. And obviously what happened to Sam was just, oh my God. And it just, and then Arabin's part in all of it. And um, yeah, it just, Oh, I, it was good. It was, it was really good. I really liked it. What about you? Um, I would give this one a four. It's not like super knocked out of the park for me, but I, this is probably my favorite of the three we've read so far. I really liked it. I think there was a lot of Easter eggs. I think that her character development is great. I think it kind of shows who she becomes as we go further on in the book and it shows a lot more of her backstory. And I just really loved her. You know, I love her relationship with Sam. I love the desert. Like, I think the mute master was so good because it's like, you know, Ansel says that line in there where she's like, of course the mute master would want to train you. He would, he would love to have a hand in like making Selena the world's greatest assassin. And it's like, that's so true. And I loved that because he like genuinely cared about her and wanted to show her something that was more than just like abuse as um, a disciple of an assassin and all that kind of stuff. So 
I thought the development was really great. And you kind of see those hints of her humanity throughout and how she's kind of become the person that she did. But I really like this. I liked it a lot better than Crown of Midnight. I will not lie. Yeah, same. A lot better than Crown of Midnight. Crown of Midnight yeah. was brutal. That was a rough one to get through. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like this one. I liked her relationship. Again, the, him telling her that ugh, the I love you. And she's like, I should say it. She doesn't say it. And then he dies that night. And it's just like, like just so many and you you feel again then you and then you look back on front of glass you look back on front of midnight and you feel that guilt that she feels and that heartbrokenness and yeah it's a uh, it was good I like this one a lot yeah this one was good and what is your obscure book recommendation of the week oh so my obscure book recommendation this week is uh the girl's guide to hunting and fishing by Melissa Bank it is not what you would think it's about Jane Rosenall and it's basically all stories of like her prominent things that have happened in her life when regarding like relationships and things like that, who she's dated and how they've changed. And it's a short book. It's under 300 pages. So it's it was super easy to get through, super fast to get through. It's a good one though. I had a lot of fun reading it. And again, it's a quick read. So that is The Girl's Guide to Hunting and Fishing by Melissa Bink. What about you, Tot? I'm doing The Longest Ride by Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> this is my favorite. I, I love, love that book. This isn't like that obscure, but I don't really see Nicholas Sparks a lot on Bookstagram, which is kind of surprising to me. I had a goal at one point to read all of his books and I read like 19 in a row and it was the worst decision I've probably ever made in my reading career. But I remember when this one came out, we were in college together. I remember we both bought it. We both read it. Yeah. We did a buddy buddy read circa 2013. Um, yeah, I absolutely love this book. I haven't reread it since actually, which I should, but it's a dual POV. It's essentially about a guy named, um, Ira and he gets in a car crash off the side of a ravine and he is like sitting there waiting for someone to come help him. And his wife comes and is talking to him, like talking through it. And it turns out she died nine years ago. So he's kind of reliving his life through her memories and like his hallucinations of this one. And then a few miles away, there's a girl named Sophia and she meets a guy named Luke, who's a the bull rider and you know they kind of start to date and fall in love and all these things and it goes a little bit earlier in the in their lives together and how they start to fall in love and how rodeo is like the worst thing ever and there's no money in it blah 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 which this is also a movie this is accurate (laughs) accurate on that that yeah so um, of course we loved it but this is a movie also uh pps and so if you if you don't want to read it you can watch the movie it was pretty okay and it's about how they, their love story and they fall in love and all the like trials and tribulations that go with not having money and what they're doing with the future, all of that. And then they're driving and they find Irene off the side of the road and sort of become befriend him and, and get a lot of knowledge from his, you know, 50 years being married to the same woman and all that kind of stuff. And it's a big, nice, happy ending. So this is a great one. If you haven't read it, The Longest Ride by Nicholas Sparks. I still love it. And I haven't read it in nine years. That's the and- only Nicholas Sparks book that I like. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I, I'm not a I'm not a well I'm just not a big Nicholas Sparks fan I'm just gonna throw that out there I've read a couple of his books and none of them have really like stuck with me um The Longest Ride I really like though not just because it's about cowboys but it's also very very different like than his other books I've it's read very many. it's very reminiscent of the actual life of a cowboy yeah um, and it's it's super truthful to like all of that, the relationship aspect of it. And I think sometimes his books get a little yeah. too fluffy and it's always the same thing. It's like boy meets girl, boy or girl. One of the two of them has some sort of like dark background story. They fall in love. The other finds out about the dark background and then they have to decide at the end if they want to be together, which it always ends up being the end. And that is like yeah. every Nicholas Sparks book all set in North Carolina, all the same. Yeah. But <laughs> this one was really different. Dear John, yeah. uh, Watch Remember, 
the last song. Yeah. All of those are the same. It's all the same. Yep. <laughs> um, but I really like this one. So if you haven't read it, you love cowboys. This is like Western romance novel adjacent. That's good. My next one it's will really probably good. be Western romance novel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but for real though, you've been, you've been, you've been uh, really holding off. I was just going to say. The next one is going to be The Wrangler. Yeah. So Big Sky Wedding. That I'm has old. to make a mention in every single episode. If yeah, I drink every time You're we welcome. hear Big Sky Wedding. So we have a few announcements. Um, surprise, surprise. We haven't announced this anywhere, but we are doing a third bonus episode for the month. We decided to do, we Ooh. are so excited about this one. Uh, um, but we decided to do Red, White, and Royal Blue in honor of Pride Month. Um, the two of us, I mean, we're Pride Month all the time, but we really wanted to do a specific episode on Pride Month. And this is like an iconic book that I think a lot of people have read and will appreciate. <sighs> And the, it is just a five out of five for Obsessed. all of us, a 15 a 10, out of five. Out of five. Yeah. <laughs> so much. We both like love this book. So that's a bonus episode that'll be coming out this Wednesday. And then we have one more bonus episode coming out this month. We kind of overcommitted. So sorry. Um, more for you guys. Very <laughs> not sorry. We had sorry, a great time. <laughs> yeah, we had a really good time. So um, we have an interview with a special guest and then we'll be continuing Throne of Glass through the end of this month, the end of July. We have some special guests coming on through July into August, and we are so excited. Great special guests coming up. Some amazing special guests. So, so excited for you guys to hear um, our episodes with them. They were, oh, I love them all so much. So, um, yeah, I mean, we are getting towards the middle of the month for our book club. So, um, if you still want to join and you just want to read Ninth House with us and talk with us, um, go on to our link tree on the Bookish Banter podcast Instagram page and um, go to the Discord group. Discord is free. You don't have to pay for it. Um, everyone on there is amazing. Ugh, this has such a great group of girls on there. So it's been amazing. It's been Shout so out fun. To the book club. Love them all. You all are amazing. It's, it's so great. So I highly recommend y'all join that. If you don't want to join this month, that's totally fine. We are going to probably soon start looking at options for July. So if you're interested in July, I guess wait a little bit (laughs) and then, or join and then wait for us to announce some of those options and then um, join in then. It's really all we have for announcements right now. Um, If you guys want to follow us, uh, follow us on the Bookish Banter podcast on both TikTok and Instagram. Anything else, Todd? I think that's it. Uh, all of this stuff will be linked below. All of our purchases for the week and our discount codes for book of the month will all be in the show notes down below. And I'll link those. So you guys just have to click the button. Also the link to our Instagram and our personal pages. If you guys want to follow us and then I will actually link this month, this episode, I will also link this episode, the link to our discord group. So you can join from that link as well. Um, so you don't have to go all the way to Instagram if you don't want to. So that link will be in there. And then, um, yeah, we're super excited for next week's episodes and this Wednesday's episode and to keep on powering through Throne of Glass. All right. Well, I think that's it. (laughs) Okay. Bye, everyone. Love you. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Bye. I'm done. I'm just kidding. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week.